Eye on 2020, episode 269. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Y'all know this. Uh, I am really disappointed in the Democrats today. I really am. I'm like, I almost root for Bernie Sanders right now because of the fact that uh, just the way that the Democrats treated him and the way that the Democrats just stuck an eye or stuck a thumb in the eye of his supporters, stuck a thumb in the eye of anyone that donated to his campaign, the millions of people that love the guy that wanted to support him. Like, I just think that it is just shows that the two-party system is crap. That it shows that even somebody who really has a pretty darn good following, someone that can win states left and right, someone that was 50-50 with Hillary Clinton the entire time in 2016, somebody that really is a very strong candidate that has good following, that has people behind him, that has a lot of excitement in his campaign and the Democrats just come and they take it from him they really did, they just took it from him and I just think that, I don't know I mean, I don't support Bernie Sanders and his views, I support him on the anti-war positions that he has I mean, obviously I support him on like some of the, you know, the the social, not the social programs by any means, but the um, like gay rights and stuff like that. I mean, obviously I support him on those things. Not on social programs by any means, not on Medicare for All, not on the vast majority of the policy things that he wants to do. I don't necessarily support him on those things, but I, you know, I almost want to root for the guy because of the way the Democrats treated him, and it sounds terrible coming from a guy who is highly critical of Bernie Sanders as well. I'm highly critical of the positions that he has of handouts to everybody, of buying votes, of uh, the idea that he wants to increase the welfare state, increase the safety net state, increase all of those things that libertarians think are broken about the federal government. Like, those are things that I can't support the guy on, but... I just think that when you look at it, the Democrats really are just alienating a large group of people who really do support Bernie Sanders and his agenda and the democratic socialist idea and alienates them all because they want to make sure that they beat Trump. That's it. They want to beat Trump. So somehow they end up with Joe Biden who's going to be the guy that can beat Trump. That's what they're saying. That's what they believe. That's why the entire establishment of the Democratic Party threw their support behind him. This was a dead candidacy two weeks ago. This is a floundering candidacy two weeks ago. This is a guy who could not raise 
money two weeks ago. This was a candidacy on life support two weeks ago. And all of a sudden, he's the guy. He's the one that's going to win the Democratic nomination. He's the one that can beat Donald Trump. That's what they're saying. And I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't know that Bernie Sanders could. But I do know that if the Democratic Party did not just turn their back on Bernie Sanders, it would have been a pretty tight race up until about July. I think that it may not have alienated all of his supporters, but they sealed the coffin on Bernie Sanders about a week and a half ago. And let me explain it to you. And I talked about it earlier earlier on one of the earlier episodes as well in the last couple of days. And I said, uh, Pete Buttigieg was the number one fundraiser in the Democratic Party for the uh, for the nomination. He was the when he started running, he had he raised like twenty five million dollars the first quarter. Consistently was out out raising everybody and all of his competitors. Lots of money went to that guy's campaign. Elizabeth Warren, same thing. Tons of money went to her campaign. Kamala Harris, tons of money went to that campaign. Very little of the money went to Joe Biden. Like, he was in fourth or fifth place in raising money every quarter. They were talking about how he was out overspending, like, spending more than his campaign was taking in, that he was about to run out of money. So Pete Buttigieg, he does well in Iowa, he does well in New Hampshire... He has a bad showing in South Carolina. And the African-American vote did not vote. The African-American voters did not come out in droves and vote for the guy. He had a hard time getting the African-American vote. So he literally, and I just think it's crazy. And I know it's going to come out in the news. Somebody's going to leak this at some point. Just like... About a year after the election, it gets leaked that the DNC had emails going back and forth about how to get Bernie Sanders out of the presidential nomination against against Hillary Clinton, how the DNC favored Hillary Clinton, that they kind of rigged things in favor of Hillary Clinton, that between them and CNN... They gave Hillary Clinton the questions before the debates, giving her a leg up on answering questions. Like, the DNC pushed for Hillary Clinton over somebody else. And they have it already rigged into their system where they have a super delegate system as well, where you have the delegates that each state gets to the convention, and then the the party gets to choose super delegates as well who are going to get extra votes in case there's ties or in in case there's not a declared winner they have a they have super delegates who are going to get extra votes people that who are going to make decisions based on what the party says to do is that democracy that is not democracy and this is the party that talks all about democracy yet the very system in place for them to get their nominee in 2016 was rigged in favor of one person and then even if that person 
would have lost or not gotten the full vote during the convention, it would have been rigged in her favor again with the superdelegate system. Absolutely terrible what they did to Bernie Sanders in 2016. And look what they're doing in 2020 now. The day before Super Tuesday, so the South Carolina elections on Sun on Saturday, on Sunday, Amy Klobuchar, she drops out of the race, throws her support behind Joe Biden, says he's the guy, he's the one that's going to win. On Monday, Pete Buttigieg, the, who has the most money on hand of anybody else, drops out of the race, throws, throws his support, not behind Bernie Sanders, who he supported in 2016, but behind Joe Biden. He's the guy that can beat Donald Trump. It is going to come out at some point in the future that there was some backroom deals going on with the Democratic primary to make sure that Joe Biden gets the gets the win. And these people that are going to support Joe Biden, who are Bernie Sanders supporters, it just blows my mind that the ideal ideology is not there because they want to beat Trump. It just... It blows my mind. It really does. It really does. The Democratic Party just stuck a thumb in the eye of every single person that supports Bernie Sanders by doing that. And I know that there's going to be some something that comes out at some point in the future about why would people just drop out. I've said this several times on previous shows. And then Elizabeth Warren goes through Super Tuesday and she drops out on that Thursday. She took a lot of votes away from Bernie Sanders, took this wind right out of his sails in some way. She's the only person in the race left that would split Bernie's votes. Not saying that every single person that voted for Bernie Sanders or voted for Elizabeth Warren would have went to Bernie Sanders, but a lot of them would. She's just as far left. I'm, I could argue maybe even further left in some ways than Bernie Sanders. Yet, she just decides to stay in, knowing that she's running a losing campaign, but she stays in past Super Tuesday. Joe Biden wins big throughout Super Tuesday. Bernie wins California, the most delegates. He's tied at that point, practically, by like 30 delegates with Joe Biden. Now, yesterday, Joe Biden has all the wind in his sails at this point. All of it. Bernie Sanders, none. Hardly any. Sort of floundering away. And they have another vote in the mini Super Tuesday. And, and Joe Biden wins quite a bit. He's moving away now. He's going away. He's, he's, he's the person that they're saying is definitely going to win. There's no ma- mathematical way for Bernie Sanders to get the nomination. But that was taken from Bernie Sanders that's how I that's just my thought process on this it was taken from him it was it was the Democratic Party is it's gonna come out it definitely will and I'm convinced of that so where do Bernie Sanders followers go at this point right so I was reading on Twitter Andrew Yang throws a support behind Joe Biden also he says I always said I'm gonna support the nominee the eventual nominee 
And now I'm throwing my support behind Joe Biden. And he says he understands the industrial revolution that we're in, the industrial, the, you know, the industrial fourth phase of the industrial revolution that we're in or whatever. And he's going to do what it takes to make the right moves to help people out. That's what Andrew Yang was saying. And I'm thinking to myself, if you had the conversation with Joe Biden, he probably doesn't remember it right now, to be honest with you. Not that all of the things that you see about him being senile or having dementia are true. But there's a good case to be made that this guy might have dementia. He might not be all there. He's definitely old and is going to have a hard time bringing up the words to say what he wants to say all the time. That's true. But he might have dementia coming on. Who knows? You're old. It's a possibility. And that's who they're throwing their support behind. That's the guy. And my thoughts on that is this. So supposedly this coming Sunday, there's supposed to be a debate between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. And I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. A lot of you guys might be listening on Monday and it already has happened. But I'm not convinced that it's going to happen. And the reason why is because Joe Biden has nothing to gain and all to lose from a debate with Bernie Sanders one-on-one. He's going to have a lot more speaking time, so that's going to give him... Let's say he has... If, if there was 10 people on the debate stage last time that he was on that debate stage... Or no, there was six people on the debate stage last debate. And there would be two on that debate. That means he's going to have three times more time to speak. Three times more speaking going on during that debate than the previous ones. And he had plenty of gaffes in the previous ones. So we'll have plenty of gaffes against Bernie Sanders as well on a one-on-one stage. He has nothing to gain and all to lose if he decides to debate Bernie Sanders one-on-one. That's why he won't do it, guys. That's why he won't do it. If he does, I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised, but there's nothing to gain from it. He could he could only make himself look worse. It might make him look better if he does a good job, but that's not what we've seen from Joe Biden in the past. He's had a mediocre performance on the debate stage. He really has. And then I start thinking to myself, how is it going to look on the debate stage when Joe Biden is going against Donald Trump? How is it going to look? Donald Trump is hard-nosed. On the debate stage, he attacks. He was willing to attack Hillary Clinton four years ago. He will attack Joe Biden on the debate stage as much as he can. Anytime Joe Biden says something, nope. No. Like he, I remember hearing all those little stupid things that Donald Trump would say, and he'll do the same thing to Joe. He will make his case, and it'll make Joe look like a fool if he's not able to come back and attack back. And that's not in Joe's nature to be able to jump back in and, and attack back. He did not do a very good job of it on the debate stage against his fellow Democrats, imagine the attacks that he's going to get from Donald Trump. People make the case, they say, everyone wants Donald Trump out, out of office, but I don't know that that's the, I don't know if that's completely true. 
there are a lot of opinion polls that go out there. And some of them show them at 48, 49% approval rating. Some of them show them at 39, 40, 41% approval rating. But that's about the same average that Barack Obama had at the same point in his presidency. I used to look at those approval rating polls on Rasmussen reports. I used to tell you guys about that. And Trump's approval rating stays right around where Barack Obama's was at the same time in that in his candidacy. Or in his first term, I mean. So I don't know that you can make a case that everyone hates Donald Trump. The people that hate him, hate him with a passion. It'll probably drive a few more Democrats out. But a lot of people are true believers in the guy as well. He has his 32-33% of people that love him with a passion and would never vote for anybody else. And those are people that are very excited about the Trump presidency, excited about a second term. I mean, crap, they're excited about a third and a fourth term, and then electing his daughter, and then electing his son. Like, that's how passionate these people are, that they're willing to look past democracy and throw a king in the office in that sense, right? That's what they're looking at. That's what those people are excited about his campaign. So I'm not sure that you can make the case, but who knows? But the people that hate Donald Trump hate him with a passion. That's true. Democrats hate him with a passion. But the Republicans, 94, 95% love the guy and are going to vote for him. So in November, it really comes down to who's going to make the best case to the American people for another for the next four years is what it comes down to. You know the libertarians aren't going to be there on the debate stages. You know all they're going to do is get themselves a... We're going to get ourselves a 50-state speaking tour. But this is not the Democrat... Or this is not a third party's year. Yeah, a lot of people hate Donald Trump. and But most libertarians are going to vote libertarian. And a lot of them are going to vote for Trump. I don't know that a lot of them are going to vote for Joe Biden. It's possible... They just might want to get rid of Donald Trump as well. But the case that for Joe Biden to run as I'm the guy that can beat Donald Trump and we just need to get rid of Donald Trump, like that is his case to be made. I don't know that that's an inspiring message by any means. That's not going to inspire people who are on the sidelines that might not vote. That's not going to inspire people to go to the polls and vote for Joe Biden. That's going to put them to sleep. Who's going to inspire people to get up to the polls? Will Donald Trump be able to inspire people to get up to the polls? I'm not sure about that either. So it's going to be kind of a sleepy, sleepy presidential election, I think, in some ways. Kind of like sleepy Joe Biden, you know? It'll be entertaining to watch Donald Trump beat up on Joe Biden and see how he reacts to it. And it might be great for the ratings of my show. It might be great for the listenership as we review those things. It'll be phenomenal. It'll be fun to fun to pay attention to. But this is not a third party's year. We're not going to have huge turnout for a third party libertarian candidate. I'm not convinced about that. There's not that much. I mean, there's, there is an inspirational movement within the libertarian party to get like... Jacob Hornberger to be the nominee 
There's people that are calling it like the Ron Paul Revolution 2.0. And if this is the Ron Paul Revolution 2.0, then it's on a much smaller scale than the Ron Paul Revolution 1.0. Because the Ron Paul Revolution 1.0 was not just libertarians, it was huge amounts of everybody just following this guy and going to his rallies and listening to him and building a a building a group of people that despised centralized control of the economy through the central bank, despised large growth of government, despised the wars overseas. And they came together and went out there and paint, they used this thing called paint the town, town Ron. And they'd go out there and write Ron Paul over all over the town, Google Ron Paul. They would do all kinds of stuff in order to get people to know who Ron Paul was. That's the Ron Paul 1.0. So I don't know that that's a Ron Paul 2.0 or Revolution 2.0. But within the libertarian movement, they're trying to get to a more economic-focused libertarian party, a party that focuses more on, like, Austrian economics and so forth. I don't know that's going to win over. I don't know that's going to go well if we're going to be putting somebody up to run against Donald Trump and against Joe Biden. I'm not sure that that's the case, but... You know, we do need to have somebody that's going to be able to go on a speaking tour and get the message out there. That's what we really need. So hopefully that's the case, you know? I've heard that Justin Amash might be getting into the libertarian race for presidency. That'll be exciting. That'll be interesting to see. He is a libertarian in his ways. He understands Austrian economics as well. He's highly critical of President Donald Trump. Through his Twitter, I've seen that as well. Um... He really, when he decided to become independent, he really released a lot of anger <laughs> towards Donald Trump, I think. And has been very critical of him. I think it's fine. You can be vocally critical of Donald Trump. On the things that you need to be critical of him of, I think that's a very important. I think it's something that, uh, that, that more people should be willing to do. Even if you're a Republican. And if you're a Democrat, you should be critical of those leaders as well. And that's what it comes down to. So, um, but the Libertarians, it's not going to be our year, guys. I wish it was. I wish it was. I mean, you, if you had Bernie Sanders as the other nominee, <clears throat> if it was Bernie Sanders against Donald Trump, you'd probably have a little bit more ability to make a case. Look at this. We're a Democratic Socialist, and we're Libertarians. If you want limited government, if you want a government that leaves you alone, if you want peace in the world, vote libertarian. I guess those are things that can be made. If you want less government, less intrusive intrusion on your life, someone that's going to protect your rights, your liberties, is going to be an advocate for the First and Second Amendments and the Third Amendment through the Tenth Amendment... If you're going to be someone that's going to go for the Bill of Rights, yes, the Libertarian Party is for you because we've seen how Donald Trump is willing to trample on people's rights when he talks about taking away people's guns on occasion without due process, when he talks about limiting the First Amendment 
and things of that nature. Yeah, we can we can definitely make the case if we're talking about going against Donald Trump on that. And then if we're talking about Bernie Sanders, we could talk about limited government and how free markets work better to bring down the prices of everything, including medicine and college education, than the centrally plan- central planning of those things that we have now and the more central planning that he wants to bring to those industries as well. We can make a case against those two pretty easily and probably get a lot of people to vote libertarian just because they're not happy with the Democratic candidate and they're not happy with the Republican candidate. But anyway, guys, I'm hoping that you're able to uh, express your libertarian views to your friends and bring them to libertarian ideals and an ideology that says that we're going to have a policy of non-aggression, that we're going to have a policy of peace, that we're going to have a policy that's going to be limiting on government rather than expansion of government. Those are things that libertarians stand for. Those are things that I stand for regularly also, is the idea of a limited government, especially on the federal level. Then we could work it out on the state and the local level also, because we have more control on the state level. We have more control on the local level. On the federal level, they don't give a crap about what you think in your podunk town of wherever Indiana. They don't give a crap what you think at that level. But podunk Indiana, or wherever South Carolina, the local officials at least will be responsive to you. Federal federal government, they don't care at all. All they want to do is be reelected, and that's it. We are for limiting government, and keep that keep that message out there with your friends. Okay, there is a case to be made in every case of why limiting government is a good thing, why less centralized control is a good thing. There's a case to be made on all of that stuff for almost every issue that you come across. Maybe a little bit harder on the on the expansion of the military or just in military issues, or protecting the country issues. It's a little bit harder, but, I mean, as expansive our military is now, across the entire globe, you can make a case for limiting that military presence, for sure. It's harder to make it on getting rid of the entire military altogether in the United States, but to limit the, or limit the size and scope of the military, yes. That's a case that we made very easily. But that's what we're for. Limiting government. Downsizing your government. So if you want to bring people to this show and let them hear about liberty and freedom and all those ideals, bring them on over. Let them know about ION 2020. So that's all I got for y'all today. I appreciate you coming out and listening to the show. Mondays and Thursdays I'm doing this show for you. And uh, I hopefully, hopefully we grow this message going forward. It's going to be an interesting 2020. Uh, I really feel bad for all the Bernie supporters, like I said. I think that this guy had this thing taken from him, and it'll come out eventually. And all these people in 2024 are going to be even more motivated and more excited about uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez or whatever being the, uh, the nominee at that point, I would imagine. Uh, That'll be interesting to see. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me. If you want to, give me a five-star rating and review as well. Uh, While you're thinking about it, it's always best to do it now. Give me that five-star rating if you like what you hear. 
I'll read any reviews that you send to me as well on the show if you want me to. I'd love to do that. Uh, IonTheEmpire.com and IonTheEmpire on Facebook and on Twitter if you want to follow me there. Uh, I have been posting more news articles regularly, and I'll continue to do that for you as well. Um, But then the best thing you can do each and every Monday and Thursday, in this case, come back on Monday so you can have clear vision for 2020.